If you love the History Extra podcast, make sure you follow us to keep up to date and get all the latest episodes. Thanks for your support, and I do hope you enjoy this episode. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the History Extra podcast from BBC History Magazine and BBC History Reveal. I'm Ellie Cawthorn. 2022 is the History Extra podcast's 15th birthday. So to mark 15 years of fascinating historical conversations, we've asked 15 historians to nominate a figure from history who they think deserves their 15 minutes of fame. Some are inspiring people who deserve more airtime today. Others are those whose significance in history has been overlooked. And some simply led fascinating and unexpected lives. In today's episode, Hannah Cusworth nominates Ina Forbes Bonetta. Ina was a Yoruba girl from West Africa who was transported to Britain and ended up as a goddaughter of Queen Victoria, when she also became known as Sarah. Hannah tells Eleanor Evans what her story reveals about the connections between West Africa and Britain in the Victorian era. Hannah, it's a real pleasure to be talking to you for our 15 Minutes of Fame podcast series. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be speaking with you. And could you could we start by telling us about your choice? Who is Ina Forbes Bonetta? So Ina Forbes Bonetta, she's often described as a Yoruba princess, and people might actually be more um, aware of her as Sarah Forbes Bonetta. Um, and she was 
because she kind of enters into the the British historical record in about 1850 um, when there's this this guy called Frederick Forbes who is a kind of really well respected um, like naval leader uh, in the West African squadron and people might be aware of the West African squadron they were kind of um, around to when the British had abolished slavery um, to intercept uh, ships of enslaved people that were that were leaving from West Africa, and the British would in, would intercept and and take those people and then and um, and then send them back to to West Africa, and and Fre- Frederick Forbes he was he was there. Um, to try and encourage this this king, King um, Gezo is often um, how he's uh, described, to to stop being involved in the transatlantic slave trade. And when Frederick Forbes goes to meet King Gezo, he uh, gives Frederick Forbes this little girl um, and says, "You can you can take this girl. Um, her her parent you know her parents had had been killed, um, and you can give her to Queen Victoria." As a, as a present from me, um, and so that's how she enters into into the historical record. And Frederick Forbes uh, is is quite surprised, um, but he takes her back to England on his ship, which is called Bonetta, hence why she gets called um, Forbes Bonetta. Um, and she arrives back in England, um, and Queen Victoria kind of agrees to adopt her, effectively, kind of almost become like the godmother um, of this of this child. So that's how. Um, we kind of get a sense of her in in the English um, source record. And I'm perhaps skipping us ahead a bit here, but how much is known? Is there anything known about how Ina felt about uh, this this time, this period in her life when she was sort of taken? No, we don't know. I think we can m- maybe make uh, assumptions that it would have been an incredibly traumatic time. I think maybe there is a, a, a brief record where she's reported of kind of saying that she knows that her parents were, were killed, but she doesn't know the whereabouts or what happened to her brothers or sisters. Um, she's brought over to, to England, which would have been um, in many ways quite like a, a strange place, you know, and there is an orphan and, and then kind of thrust into this meeting and, and kind of a relationship with with the queen of england who i think she met you know made queen victoria was was pretty famous around the world kind of known as like the great white queen so i wouldn't be surprised if she kind of maybe had heard of queen victoria in some senses but um it must have been a really kind of scary and frightening time for her certainly and before we go much further into her, her story then what brought you to Ina's story what brought me to her story was i was on a train back from Brighton, which is where I grew up, and I was reading a copy of David Olashoga's Black and British, and I came across her story in in that book. And it was, for me, it was a really important moment because um, Ina, when she was a bit older, she spent a period of time living in Brighton. And the address that she lived was just around the corner from where I went to school in Brighton. And I think that sort of feeling of, of connection... I found it really emotional. I cried because I think I felt like when I was growing up in in Brighton that that to be black in Brighton like was a very new thing and to understand that there was um, I mean obviously there's lots of differences between us right like she was a Yoruba princess um, but to know that the black presence in Brighton wasn't just a 20th century thing, that it was something that went back to the Victorian period, for some reason that just really hit me. Um, and that's how I came to her story. Um, and I've kind of been fascinated by her life ever since. 
So she's been thrust into this world of Queen Victoria's court. Clearly an immense amount of upheaval for her. What happens next? What else can you tell us about her life? So she was described... um, I think both by Queen Victoria and by this guy, Frederick Forbes, as being incredibly bright um, and and intelligent. And so there was also, but there was also this kind of Victorian idea, kind of a a racial idea, really, about how um, that for sort of black people, people of um, Africans in, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do well in Britain because of the weather, because the climate wasn't suited to them. So it was felt like the best thing for Ina was that she was uh, to go back to West Africa. And so she went to a, to a school that had been established there in Freetown in Sierra Leone. Um, It was kind of a a missionary kind of grammar school. And she was educated there for a while. Um, But the sense that we get from the source record is that she was pretty unhappy. And so she came back to, to England and was looked after uh, she lived in Gillingham actually in Kent um, and was looked after by a family that kind of had missionary connections um, and by all accounts those were really really happy times in her in her life um, but she she then is uh, moved to Brighton um, under the care of her, I think her name was Miss Welch and she was there to kind of be introduced to British society she was about um, sort of late teens at, at this point um, and so she's in Brighton and there is uh, an arrangement for her to be married to uh, to a West African kind of businessman, James Davies, who also has a really fascinating life story. And they're married in Brighton and there's a huge press interest uh, and there's a huge number of like press reports about this, this marriage. There's, apparently there are 10 horse-drawn carriages and by some reports there's like thousands of people come out to cheer for the couple. Um, and some really interesting like press reports about how there were kind of 16 bridesmaids and, and there were sort of um, like like black bridesmaids and paired with white kind of groomsmen and and vice versa and there was a lot of interest in kind of how the how the the black wedding guests were kind of conducting themselves and lots of like praise um, for them in quite like racial tones but I think there was a real kind of interest in in this marriage as an example of kind of um, black people flourishing in Britain and how Britain was like a very liberal place to be to kind of have this marriage and to have this marriage celebrated so publicly. Can we get a sense then of Ina's um, perspective in this story? You know, how is she feeling about this marriage or potentially how it's being projected elsewhere? Yeah, so I don't know. Very sadly, I think I think there was a letter that she wrote around about the time where she she really strongly objects to the marriage. Like she doesn't want to marry this guy. Um, and that's pretty, uh, in some ways, it's pretty heartbreaking um, because she's already gone through this this kind of tragic kind of a start in life um and we get the sense that yeah this isn't what this isn't what she would have necessarily chosen for herself i think one thing that is that is also really interesting is that on the marriage record she records herself as ina rather than sarah or um sally which was another name that was that was given to her so i think historians i think it's david olashogo has kind of interpreted that as her kind of asserting herself um and her identity um within the confines of of this marriage and the kind of pressures of victorian society still to come on the history extra podcast I also think it shows us that the history of of kind of um black people after slavery um is much more maybe complex than than we think and is and that those connections between uh, West Africa and Britain were actually really significant. 
We don't always realise just how much our negative thoughts and experiences stick with us and weigh us down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mum does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapists anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash history extra today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash history extra. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You mentioned Sarah and Sally there. Where do those names come from? Who creates those? I think Sally is the name that she was given when she was on the ship. So as she was coming from West Africa over to Britain, I think the kind of crew of the ship describe her or kind of give her that name, um, Sally. And then Sarah is the name that she's, um, I think, given by Captain Forbes. So clearly she's she's able to assert herself and her identity in certain ways, but it's a society that obviously must be full of, of you know, difficulty and trauma for her. What, what, is the broad story then of Ina's life. The situation after she gets married um, is that they have their photos taken by the sort of celebrity photographer of the day and those photos survive. Um, and so people can, can take a look at them um, online of the of the sort of newlyweds. They then move to back to West Africa to Sierra Leone and then on to Lagos, um, which at this point is an, a kind of increasingly growing and flourishing kind of centre of trade. Like it was described at the time as the, as the sort of Liverpool of West Africa um, due to its connection with the palm oil trade and and um but she they have children so they have a number of children together the first one born after their marriage named victoria after queen victoria um and the the daughter is is christened and becomes a goddaughter of queen victoria um but sadly um Ina's health deteriorates she contracts tuberculosis um and then moves to madeira which is thought to be kind of maybe better for her health and 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 the air there um but sadly she she dies in in august 1880 um at the age of about 37 what particularly can Ina's life then tell us more broadly, if it can, about this vast movement of people in force, coerced or otherwise, during the Victorian era? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think 
One thing that really struck me about about Ina's story, but actually perhaps the story of her husband, James Davis, was that there was a huge amount of movement um, that that wasn't necessarily coerced, that there were these, these um, they're called Sauro, so sort of Sierra Leonean merchants, often either recaptured um, enslaved people themselves or they were the children of former slaves, um, and that they set themselves up as businessmen in Sierra Leone and then in, in Lagos, uh, Nigeria, and they were moving between Britain. They had business interests moving between Britain and West Africa. And I think it's kind of important that we understand and acknowledge these stories as well as the stories of forced migration um because i think it's important especially for children um to know that black people didn't only exist in the past as slaves um that they were also business people they were traders they were merchants um and that they they had children for example um ina and james's child uh was educated at cheltenham ladies college for a while, which I think would be, I felt really surprised by that. You know that there are there are kind of black children being educated in Britain's kind of top uh, private schools in the Victorian era, um, and so I think it kind of the, her story um, and the family story really kind of com, um, yeah, makes our kind of understanding of, of this period a bit more complex and a bit more nuanced. And why do you think that her story isn't as well known, or, or is it today? I think it's becoming a lot better known. It was, it was obviously she was obviously quite well known about at the time in the Victorian era, um, and you see that through the, the kind of press uh, records about her. There's then an article written by an academic um, from UCL, Caroline Bressy, um, and she talks about how it's really important for this story to be better known about, and I think that has started to happen. And in fact, there's actually a film I think that in production um, with um, Cynthia Arrivo, who you might have seen on Strictly as one of the guest judges, and she's been um, on the West End. Um, and so I hope that that film will kind of bring Ina's story to a huge kind of level of public awareness. Um, and so I think that it's a st- she's kind of becoming a lot better known um, as time goes on. I think maybe as we have more interest in, in recovering some of these stories, these Black British histories. Absolutely. You can imagine that bringing her to an even wider audience. That's wonderful. And and we'll we'll sort of finish up then with, with the, the potted question, why then does Ina deserve her 15 minutes of fame? I feel as though because I think it's a personal thing for me, right, in the sense of learning about her story and how there's this Victorian black presence um, for me was re- really kind of like important moment to understand that uh, while sometimes black people in Britain is kind of presented as only existing since the Windrush in, in 48, actually it's a much larger and longer story. I also think Ina's story is a story of, of a West African person in Britain when quite often when we think about black history, we're thinking about people from the Caribbean. But increasingly in, in Britain, people, black people are of West African heritage. And I think it's really important that some of those stories um, are much better known about. I also think it shows us that the history of, of kind of um, black people after slavery um is much more maybe complex than than we think and is and that those connections between uh, West Africa and Britain were actually really significant during the Victorian era and kind of gives us an insight into what happened between um, the end of slavery and Windrush, which I think is a period in sort of British history that actually we don't we don't really know very much about in public consciousness or or talk very much about. Um, And so I kind of hope that 
that Ina's story might inspire like a sort of a young British historian of, of kind of Nigerian heritage, maybe to, to go on and find out more about these stories and, and to make them much better known in, in sort of British public life. It's been fascinating hearing about Ina's story from you today, Hannah, and thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you very much. That was Hannah Cusworth speaking to Eleanor Evans. Hannah's a PhD researcher with English Heritage, and she's also a history education consultant. If you're enjoying this series and would like early access to more episodes to hear more historians nominating people who deserve their 15 minutes of fame, go to historyextra.com forward slash 15 hyphen minutes. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by Daniel Kramer Arden. (laughs) 